Hello, everyone. Lovely to see you tonight. Um, tonight, um, we have an extra special guest. It's Dave. I'll get you to introduce um, Dave. Obviously, get you to introduce yourself in a second. But um, tonight, we're just going to have a really relaxed evening, um, talking about a few of the things that have been sort of coming up for us recently. And there's been a lot around kind of nursing, politics, activism, things like that. And I know that can be an area that is of concern sometimes. So that's what we're going to be focusing on. But of course, um, please uh, tweet us using MH. MHTV hashtag or um, join in on Facebook Live with any questions you have for Dave. Um, and over to you, Dave, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, yes. So I am the guest, the presenter has become the guest tonight. So I'm Dave Monday. I'm Lead Professional Officer with United Union in the Health Sector. I'm a health visitor and a nurse and a dad and a human. And yeah, so that's me. In that order? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> All right, so let's get like really stuck into it at the start and um, when I was training um to be a nurse there was a huge expectation that part of being professional was um being completely apolitical and having like no opinions and being almost like a blank slate um in this is a, a kind of idea that's been pushed to and from back and forth for a long long time and I wondered what your thoughts are on kind of you're having political views having a professional registration of which you have many <laughs> um what do you think so I suppose in thinking about this question, I think the first thing that I sort of thought is the bit about what does a politicism mean or being a political mean. So uh, as you do, you go to Wikipedia and see what they say because they're the new Collins English Dictionary, uh, and they kind of talk about an apathy or an antipathy towards all political uh, affiliations. Uh, so a person may be described as apolitical if they're not interested or involved in politics. Uh, but also being apolitical can also refer to situations in which people take an unbiased position in regard to political matters. And I suppose of those two, I think that when we talk about nursing, maybe we sort of tend towards the second rather than towards the first. And I would kind of hope that no one is uh, a sort of has apathy or antipathy mm. towards uh, politics. Although I can appreciate people may feel really kind of left out, left behind by politics. So that probably does breed some uh, apathy or antipathy. Uh, and I suppose one of the things I would hope to do in my role is to try and get rid of some of that and to make people, or not make them, but to, to sort of help them to become more kind of excited and, and turned on uh, by politics. Mm. I think, you know, the Collins English Dictionary does define it as sort of political neutral without political attitudes, content or bias. And I think that's probably an important place to start as a nurse about trying to be unbiased in the way that we look at things. And that's not just in terms of politics, is it? It's in terms of lots of things that we do. But then that kind of experience of life and experience of delivering care we then need to kind of think about, well, where does politics fit into that? Uh, obviously, as a, as a registrant with the NMC, the NMC has stuff to say about uh, po politics. And, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of covered in a few areas of the code. So one of them is the promote professionalism and trust part of the code. And it talks about how as nurses, we must uphold the reputation of our profession at all times displaying a personal commitment to the standards of practice and behaviour set out in the code. Mm. And it actually has a specific bit about politics in 20.7 that 
that we must make sure we don't express personal beliefs, including political, religious or moral beliefs to people in, in an inappropriate way. Mm. And I suppose with lots of things, you know, well, what is appropriate and what's inappropriate, and I suppose how that's judged by our peers uh, and the people that we surround ourselves with. I think the other thing, though, that we have to kind of sort of put that alongside is the other bit in the NMC code that talks about preserving safety. And actually, you know, it's important mm. as registrants that we make sure that patients and public safety is protected. We work within the limits of our competence and exercise in our professional duty of candour to raise concerns immediately whenever we come across situations that put patients or the public at risk. Mm. And I suppose one of the arguments that I would always start from in terms of the role of any registrant is how can we do that without having some kind of political aspects and angle to the to the work that we do. And I suppose thinking about where does that come from for me, mm. uh, and part of it is it comes from my profession as a health visitor. So for any other health visitors watching tonight, they'll know that we have the principles of health visiting that are based around four specific areas. So they're the search for health needs, stimulating an awareness of health needs, influencing policies affecting health and facilitating health enhancing activities. And obviously, how can we influence policies affecting health? The third one and my favourite without actually being political. And I'd kind of argue that it would be impossible to do that. So we have to be political and we have to do that in an appropriate way, you know, based on our codes of conduct. So there's a couple of things that come out of that. So first is you're the only person I know who has a favourite section. <laughs> like, I love the fact I'm my favourite. <laughs> I particularly enjoyed that part. But also this is, I think, I think you're right to put your finger on where, where the problem lies, I think, in defining it is everyone can understand that big P politics, you know, how you vote, blah, 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 that, that is a private and personal issue. But one of the issues is that we are bound up with safe staffing, safeguarding issues. We're bound up with public health and all those things are impacted by the choices that are made by structures around us. And you can't help but have an opinion on that. You know, you, as a nurse and as a health visitor, you can't help but have an opinion on housing or homelessness. You can't help but have an opinion on the way that um, our military is treated and the way that they are supported in terms of their own mental well-being. You can't help but have an opinion on that, can you? Or, or the impact of poverty on children, if you if you understand ACEs, you, you know, all those things suddenly get sort of curled up together. So how do you unpick that? You know, suppose you're looking at an issue. How do you decide on, because you obviously, you are someone who, who is a spokesperson as well. So how do you decide on what to say and when to say it and where to draw the line? How do you make those decisions? I suppose it... it sort of primarily probably depends on what, and, and I hate to use this term in some ways because it's been used against me at times, but what hat are you wearing at the time that you're making that kind of statement? Mm. Uh, and again, kind of the, uh, you know, the, the NHS, for example, during periods of elections have kind of guidance that it issues to uh, members of staff in terms of how they can get involved in the elections. Uh, and just as an example, uh, this was for the 2019 uh, general election, uh, obviously the last general election that we had, uh, the guidance that was issued in Perda kind of talks about the principles underlining it, that the day-to-day -day operations of the NHS must continue unimpeded. 
as always, the NHS must act and be seen to act with political impartiality and its resources must not be used for party political purposes. And during the election period, democratic debate between candidates and parties should not be overshadowed by public controversy originating mm. from NHS bodies itself. Yeah. But then the other bit is the kind of staff activism and the, the advice that the NHS gave on, on that subject. The mm. NHS employees are free to undertake political activism in a personal capacity, but should not involve their organisations or create the impression of their organisation's involvement. So obviously, in terms of, you know, if I was Dave, staff nurse working at uh, an NHS trust in England, for example, mm. you know, it may be that I want to say as... And I go back to what I said earlier, as a human Mm. being, as a parent, uh, Mm. as a health visitor, as a nurse, Mm. I believe in particular things and I want to express my views about those Mm. beliefs. But I would never do that as staff nurse Dave, who works at this trust, because I've not got the authority, the responsibility or the permission to kind of speak on that basis. Mm. Obviously, in terms of the, the role that I have at Unite, that, you know, they have this, this similar kind of expectations in terms of how I behave as an employee whilst mm. I'm, you know, on Unite time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in terms of the expectation that I have to say things that, you know, are endorsed by the union, that are supported by our members, you know, that I'm not going against the kind of the uh, the things that our members have said are in our policies. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if I personally might disagree with them, that's mm-hmm. not my role in my day job as, you know, a trade union official. Okay. Uh, but obviously outside of that, I may want to express my opinion, my view on on, on different things. And, and again, it's about being thoughtful about that and, and being mindful about that. And obviously we've seen in the past uh, situations where NHS professionals have raised concerns mm. and have raised them in a way that has sort of, they've got tripped up by their employer and have been sanctioned in terms of that. But then we've also seen, you know, really kind of abhorrent examples where, you know, nurses have raised legitimate concerns in every conceivable way through Mm. the the machinery or the ability to do that locally Mm. and have got nowhere. So we've then looked at other avenues to raise those Mm. concerns. And I think one of the great examples of that, who has come back into my thinking over the last few days, uh, is Graham Pink. Absolutely. Uh, And he was... uh, yeah, he was a, a, well, he wasn't even a political activist. He was just a nurse who wanted to say that the care that was being delivered at Stepping Hill Hospital at the time was actually well below standard and, and it needed to be raised at, uh, and, and, and dealt with. And you kind of look at the, the kind of letter writing campaign that he launched where, you know, he didn't go out to the public first. You know, he went to local managers when local Mm. managers ignored his concerns, he went to regional managers. When regional managers ignored his concerns, he went to the Secretary of State. When the Secretary of State didn't answer those concerns, he went to the Prime Minister. And then ultimately his letters appeared in The Guardian. Uh, And, you know, ultimately he was, uh, you know, sanctioned by by that and and, and was sacked from his his job. Uh, Ultimately, you know, he... uh, you know, there was there was a resolution to that, but not that he ever got a job in in nursing again. Uh, you know, after raising mm. those concerns, 
And I think it's interesting, you know, the reason I'd say that he's come back into my thinking in the last day, a few days, is he died earlier this year. Mm. Uh, and The Guardian ran a obituary about him uh, a few days ago, uh, which I'd encourage people to, to go back to. Uh, but there was a really nice letter, I think, today or yesterday, written by someone uh, who just sort of said about his powers of description, uh, and the letter said this extract from one of his earliest letters to the chair of his local health authority in 1989 was typically moving. Uh, and this from, is, you know, in Graham's own words, mm. what has particularly grieved me th these last two years is that is these those occasions when a patient is clearly close to death and mm. no relatives are present. The comforts mm. of a held hand, a gently caressed cheek or quiet yeah. word at such a time is incalculably unique, but so often not offered. We do not have the staff. To find that a patient has died in such circumstances as happened twice last week causes me profound anguish, and I have wept. Mm. And it's that kind of bit about, you know, is that political activism to express the concerns and issues on behalf of patients, on behalf of mm. people that we're duty-bound to look after and, and sort of demand better? And actually, mm. I'd kind of say that that's political activism at its absolute core, because the only way that you can change those issues is by influencing politicians to make different decisions. Mm. And I, I suppose, you know, one of the issues that then gets wrapped up in all of that is the bit about, well, you know, who it, 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 are you picking a side? Are you picking, uh, you know, a side in the kind of the political debate? And, and I suppose the thing I would say is that I you know, generally do pick a side because there's a side that I believe is much closer to my values than other sides that are further away from them. And that, that's not that I believe that any political party truly marries 100% of what I believe and what I think should happen. And that's not what we would ever get from politics. I think the only way you would achieve that would be to be some kind of despot and you're the person in charge. Uh, but that bit about trying to find the political home that is closest to your values and then doing something to sort of support those aims, but also to encourage that that political home to become, you know, closer to what you would want it to be and to, to be more mm. kind of reasonable. Uh, I so think it's unpack some of the stuff you said, actually, because you've said such a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 because we like to um, almost like slow it down a little bit. So because we have students who, who watch and and... and People maybe who are thinking as well about the, the things that you're saying. So you were saying before that what are the things that nurses can't do in the same way that you couldn't advertise a product, you can't advertise an idea. So you can't, you know, you can't go on um, on television in your nurse uniform saying these are the best cigarettes ever. <laughs> that would be wrong. But um, or life insurance or anything else. But and you're saying the same is true of politics and political beliefs. So where does that kind of stand then when somebody maybe goes on a march wearing a nurse's uniform? Because surely that's saying that you're a, you're a political, you're having a political discussion about pay or something like that. How yeah. is that? And, and, and again, it, it, it's not particularly in terms of the, you know, you as a, a, an identity as a nurse. It's more about you as an employee of an organisation. Okay. So that kind of bit about, you know, are you going on that march and saying, I am an employee of this trust mm -hmm. and I am marching because this is what my trust believes? Mm -hmm. Or is there some kind of inference that that's what the trust would believe? Mm. And I suppose one of the easiest ways to sort of describe 
uh, one of the issues would be is if you went on a march with your staff badge on and someone took a photo of you, Mm. you know, with a placard, uh, you know, complaining about something and that included your staff badge and that then was referred to the trust. And, and, you know, I would, I would feel quite rightly the trust could have a concern about that. Mm. Uh, what what's the other kind of bit to it though is is the bit about you know as as nurses we have to uphold the code about how we behave as individuals mm-hmm. and we have to be able to kind of justify and argue why we did things in a certain way and ultimately our uh, you know our, our professional regulator may want to say to us well is it reasonable for you to behave in that way have you followed the code of conduct in behaving in that way and i think there was a really good example uh, was it last year or the year before when a nurse was on a political uh, rally and actually appeared to be quite abusive to another member of the public about Mm. their activism and what they believed in. Mm. And that's the bit where it does kind of go over into, actually, are you treating others with respect? Mm. Are you seeing their, you know, viewpoints as something that you should listen to and not, you know, uh, kind of, argue within an, in a physically mm. violent way for example mm. and and it is that bit into it about as, as registrants we do have to be sort of knowledgeable and educated enough to be able to decide where that line is should be mm. drawn mm. and we have to expect that if we kind of draw a line that's very close to where others would expect that line to be drawn that that's then questioned and that's then mm. looked at by including our mm. regulator so there's something about being able to think about what you're doing and why and be able to ask. And, and the case that you're talking about, um, the issue wasn't particularly with the person being on a march or expressing an opinion. It was their behaviour, which yes. was it, it, lacking civility, to be polite, you say. And that's the issue. Yes. That's where the, that's where um, the code has been breached. That's where they've brought the profession into disrepute, allegedly, yeah. because it's yes. it's the behaviour rather than the acts yes. that they're doing. And and and, and yeah. again, we we know ourselves, don't we, Nikki? Having mm. been involved in MHCV, you know, for the yeah. last year, that there are times when people disagree with what we say, and ninety nine percent of those uh, interactions are respectful, are mm. you know, reasonable, are are, are measured. And that's absolutely fine. But in the one percent where people are abusive, mm-hmm. uh, then does that go beyond being reasonable? And what we have to remember as registrants is mm-hmm. that we sign up to a code that says that we will behave in a certain way. And if we stop behaving in that certain way, and it's obvious that we as registrants are doing that, then it's it can be un- it shouldn't be surprising when that individual is then referred and and I suppose in the example that we had last year mm. you know alerting the NMC to some of the abuse that that you faced and actually you know whether Every that day, was from mate. registrants yeah but, <laughs> yeah but again that bit about yeah. if, if a registrant saying you know sort of sending threats over social media to you mm. then that's that's not appropriate is it that has to be challenged and it has mm. to be addressed. And we've had a, a similar circumstance in the last few days, you know, where social media is, uh, sorry, not social media, but, you know, people's communications has got them into trouble in terms of mm. the situation over the weekend where, uh, you know, a nurse, a, a practice nurse was really negative about uh, someone o- over an email and the kind of bit about, well, actually, you know, is there issues of... Well, are you talking about the person who, who was um, quite racist? Yes. So is, yeah. is there issues about say it, shall we? Because I can mean, there's, there's one thing about being rude. Being rude is not illegal. Being racist is. Yeah. You see what I, I mean? I so for me, that's where a line is drawn on that. 
And it yeah, was a comment was about um, too, too many uh, this person are another Nigerian, and it, and, it, and you can't be clearer about that being disparaging, whether it was meant that way or not. Absolutely, that's how it was read, and the fact that they accidentally outed themselves by sending that to to the person they were talking about is. I, I looked at that, and I have to say, as a nurse, I felt really, really sad yeah. that we talk about each other that way. I yeah. mean, to be honest, if you've got anyone coming to help you and you're short-staffed, just absolutely delighted and treasure each other. Do you know, you know, yeah. I can't understand why someone would talk that way about a colleague. But yes. that's where we're at, aren't we? People are human yes. beings and they are flawed sometimes. We actually yeah. do have some questions coming in already, if you're if you're ready. Yep. Are you bracing yourself? I'm good. So, um, ben Glass, hello, Ben. Um, what impact do you think woke movements of recent years has left uh, many uh, ordinary mental health patients with people? feeling excluded from um, political discussions and turned off. So it's a question about wokeness. Um, uh, Steve McCarthy, one more, was saying, um, talking about um, Graham Pink, saying um, he certainly led the way in whistleblowing and left a mark on nursing, which is great. And um, we have a question from Adrian. Hello, Adrian. Saying, um, to be a patient or service user advocate means you need to be political with a small p. My fear, and this takes back to what you're saying, is that social media rawness can confuse um, confuse the message. So whilst I have opinions or perspectives as a registrant, um, a different thought process and actions are, um, are required. Um, activism can happen subtly. So how can um, junior staff get more involved in activism and, and trade union activities? So let's go back to Ben's. First of all, we'll talk about what do you say, what do you think about the, even the term woke? Yeah, and, and I suppose, I, th I think one of the sad things is looking at kind of how different people deal in politics. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the approaches to kind of get people onto your side is to try and drive a wedge in between people and to kind of, you know, make an enemy out of someone else. And that can be a really effective way in terms of, you know, getting people on your side by kind of saying, you know, I'm your friend because I'm identifying an enemy that is coming after you. You need to defend yourself and you will be able to defend yourself by doing what I say you should do, or you should come and, and, and kind of be in my gang. And I think that's a really kind of sad side of politics, really, the, the kind of real territorial kind of, you know, nastiness to it. And, you know, I, I think we, we, we can all we can all kind of go down that route at times. So I'm not kind of saying that at times I probably don't get drawn thinking down that route as well but how much as you know professionals how much as nurses can we kind of say well why is that person feeling like that why does that person believe that why you know do they want to do the things that they say they want to do and how can we convince them of otherwise I suppose in everything that I'm saying tonight and everything that I generally say in general kind of recognizing that I've got a huge amount of privilege so you know I'm a white middle-aged man so actually, it's really hard to kind of find something where I'm disadvantaged. Uh, and I think even in my kind of nursing career, where as a health visitor, I was in the huge minority. Uh, there's not many male health visitors in the country. And yet, you know, I never suffered by that being in the, the minority. I, you know, I, I and, and, and again, that kind of bit about, you know, I, I think one of the problems with woke is that we, we focus too much on people that we're scared of and try and do them harm before they do harm to us. 
instead of kind of being much more kind and generous and, and trying to work out where they were coming from. And I, I think back to my experience, you know, experience as a health visitor working with in some exceptionally poor communities and the way that they were kind of, uh, you know, vilified, you know, for being on benefits or for, mm. you know, not being as, as, as productive or important or as good or all those other kind of things. And actually, when I met them on a daily basis, they wanted the best for their children. They wanted the best for themselves. And they wanted opportunities to be able to be the best that they could be. And sometimes, you know, they'd had horrendous lives. And so, you know, they were finding it really difficult to kind of navigate through that and and to cope with it. But, you know, the vast majority of people genuinely wanted to do the best that they could and hoping that you could kind of provide some support. And again, that's that's what politics in a good way should be about. And you look at, you know, the starting of political movements on the left. Uh, you look at, you know, the start of the trade union movement about saying that, you know, poor people were better together than apart because to divide them would kind of, you know, make it easier for people to get, you know, one over on them. Whereas if they were together as a group, hopefully they could sort of wrest some of that power back and, and, and take some control. And like I say, in terms of the woke, I, I just get so mm. sad about it. And I, you know, I, I know we discussed it with Natasha Devon on an episode a, a few months ago. Yeah. And I, I would kind of, in some ways, feel it as a bit of a badge of honour that, you know, actually, you know, if woke means that you're kind and considerate, and you don't purposely want to go out and insult people, then mm. hey, that's not too bad. And I would argue all all nurses should be woke. Did you just do rabbit ears? I think you did. <laughs> all right. So we've talked a little bit about um about we looked at, talked about grey and pink. So thinking about nurse um nurses who are activists or nurses who do things which um change the way that we practice. Can you think of anybody else who you would say is a is a, a role model or someone who's inspired you? Oof, I suppose personally, I, I kind of think back to my own experiences as a student nurse. I think to my experiences, you know, as a newly qualified nurse. And uh, it's funny today that uh, I was thinking back to my time as uh, a rep on mm. when I was a student. Uh, and, you know, there's two big campaigns uh, or two things that 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 kind of really worked when I was a student rep. Uh, one of them was our, one of our lecturers wanted to bring forward one of the exams by a few weeks, which would have completely obliterated any opportunity to have any reading. You know, we had reading days back then. I don't mm. know if we still do. We do. Uh, it, it would have completely obliterated the chance to have had any of the reading days before the exam. And, you know, as a rep doing a campaign, you know, getting all the students to come together and argue against that. And actually, we managed to do it so that they stopped you know the the the, uh, the exam was done on the original date so you know students weren't disadvantaged by that behavior mm-hmm. uh the other thing that we did uh well the other thing that i did was uh we had a situation where that year a lot more students started because they brought in two cohorts uh, and there wasn't enough lecturers to be able to go and supervise students in hospitals mm-hmm. so i came up with a plan of well we were in our fourth year having qualified as nurses and had gone out uh, to do our health visitor, you know, education. Uh, and I suggested that what we should do is ask the fourth year students if anyone wants to be uh, supervisors and go out and support students in practice. 
so you know we could kind of support the lecturers so they had a you know more manageable mm. workload and that would hopefully benefit them but it would also benefit us and it would hopefully benefit the students as well uh so and 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 that all came out from kind of having conversations with lecturers at the time and having respect for them you know and having having seen that kind of bit about you know the the kind of the peer peer nature that even though they had much more experience in you know nursing in education actually you know we you know both sides had experiences that they could bring to bear on on things and i kind of think back to some of the the le lecturers that i had at the time that who you know kind of inspired me you know professor Anne wakefield was an, an example at the time uh you know and and just really kind of you know contributed to that i think as well you know thinking about when i was in practice you know i often think about a colleague called sally hamer who was one of my uh sort of peers but it, you know much more uh, established health visitor uh, and one of the things that she said to me quite early on, and it's something that I repeat quite often, is the Edmund Burke kind of saying, uh, you know, that for evil to prosper, good people stay silent. Uh, mm. And I think there's that bit about, you know, I do think that there's so much that could go wrong. You know, if we if we kind of rewind back pre-COVID, thinking about the dismantling of the NHS and the mm. concerns around the privatisation of the NHS, and I often relate it to a story of, uh, my, my sister, uh, and for anyone that's had a premature baby, just to give you a bit of a warning that, you know, I'm mm -hmm. going to kind of mention that, uh, that she had, a, well, I had a phone call when she was 28 weeks pregnant to say that she'd gone into labour uh, and, you know, come to the hospital kind of thing. And kind of thinking back to that experience and remembering that uh, I didn't worry at the time about whether she could afford it. I didn't worry mm. about, the, you know, whether there would be a service available for her. Mm. All I worried about was would she survive and would her baby survive? Mm. And, and again, those kind of moments in your life can lead to your political activism. And, you know, like I say, Sally kind of saying that for evil to prosper, good people stay silent. You know, mm. people that I, you know, when I was a rep, other reps that I worked with, uh, mm. you know, all, all of those people, you know, quietly getting on with a really difficult job. But actually doing it, you know, against great pressure. And one of the things as a rep, you know, I've, I've never met a rep that said to me, oh, I did it because I was bored and had a bit of time on my hands. And I just fancied, you know, filling that time up. It was always someone yeah. that said, I've got way much to do, way too much to do already. But actually, you know, doing that is is a, a valuable thing and, and, and kind of being involved. Mm -hmm. And then I think the other thing, you know, thinking about the mental health nurses that I've been lucky to to, to meet, and, and we often joke, Nikki, about, you know, I'm, I'm not a mental health nurse. I'm, I think it's a joke anyway that I'm a, I'm a health oh. visitor. But, you know, th thinking about, you know, people like yourself, like Vanessa, other members of uh, Mental Health Nursing Association, members on the yeah. editorial board of well, the journal. about some of the people, the guests that we've had on, who have been real passionate advocates for their patient groups. You know, we were talking about making sure that people are not stigmatized because of their diagnosis and making sure that people are getting fair access to treatment. Because um, we know that some people get less, less attention um, than others, you know, speaking up for people maybe who are using substances and things like that. We've seen some really amazing, amazing people who probably don't think of themselves as advocates or activists or even particularly political, but in actually fighting to get the best deal for their services and for their patients, they absolutely are. You know, they're leading yeah. people, they're changing things, they're writing policies. And that stuff's really, really important, isn't it? It's not, it's not all just marching around and having banners. And I think 
Yeah. One of the things about mental health is because we've we come from quite a funny old background in terms of, sort of protests of seeing ourselves as a bit marginalised. Um, we don't always see the power, and this was something that we talked about, I think, with um, some of our colleagues earlier on, in actually being able to organise and being able to kind of infiltrate the system from the inside out and make decisions that way, as well as just protesting. So whatever kind of nurse you are, this is all just about having your voice and being able to work within a way that you can live with your con you live with your conscience because there's lots of sort of really on the boundary types of, of of experience that you have as a nurse i think that maybe other other people don't see as brutally you know i can remember when i first went um went out as a student nurse into people's houses and i saw because i i don't come from a particularly rich background i come from a very working class background I can remember 20 years ago when I was walking around South London, I was shocked by the poverty that I saw. Yeah. And I, you know, I was council estates. So I wasn't like, it wasn't like I was like looking for my palace or anything. And I was shocked. And I, and I just thought, no wonder people are sick here. No, no yeah. wonder. It's like a Victorian yeah. kind of thing. So there was a yeah. lot, I think, that you have to get your head around. And exactly as Graham yeah. Pink was saying, his his innate sense that something wasn't right came from his his personal morality, didn't it? From his sense of ethics. Yeah. So and, if, and if I think trying to look go on. So we're, getting, no, I, we're nearly I, eight I, minutes from the end, so you need to be... <laughs> no, no. I, I was just going to say, and that bit about, you know, being a health physician, I kind mm -hmm. of referenced earlier that, you know, mm -hmm. me, meeting people that are in desperate poverty that have mm -hmm. so many multiple different sort of things working against them and yeah. actually still seeing that they wanted the best and they wanted to achieve the best and then kind of turning on the TV and watching, you know, some politicians sneer at the efforts that people are making or to make sort of make out that you know people try to you know the, the world is full of skivers and shirkers and mm. you know in my experience i just find it really hard to find those people that and maybe it's just i surround myself with people that are nicer than that but i, I don't believe that i think that on the whole the vast majority of people want to do the best and want to achieve mm. the best and i think mm. when we kind of other people to you know be less than us we actually yeah. we actually fail and, and like I say, you know, the bit about, you know, always recognising my, my own privilege and mm -hmm. kind of thinking about, you know, that there's so many other people that have got such, you know, more working against them and yet are still doing such amazing work. Like mm -hmm. you say, in terms of the activists that aren't, you know, uh, mental health nurses or health professionals mm -hmm. that have done such amazing things. Uh, and, you know, just a current example, the Stop SIM, uh, you know, people yeah. are, 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 are verbalising the outcry from people that, you know, are having a really tough time and, and are not being supported and, uh, and and just getting on and doing that and, you know, mm. you know more power to them. Mm. So if you guys are not familiar with um, Stop SIM, if you just go on Twitter, but hashtag Stop SIM, S-I-M, you'll see really clearly that the, the mandate those people are working to. The other thing is we've been tweeting out examples of nurse activists as we go as well on Twitter. So if you want to join in with that, that's absolutely brilliant. Um, but let's just finish by thinking about um, something that Adrian said. Adrian was asking how can junior staff get more involved in trade union activities or just taking action, really? And I, I suppose the easiest, the, the easiest way, and you know, to reference something you said before, uh, Nikki, is, is find your tribe, and hopefully there is a political tribe that can support you to be an activist, uh, or it might be a trade union that can support you to be an activist. And whilst trade unions historically have been around people that are in work, you know, that's not always the case. So, for example, Unite has community branches that are people that aren't in work. 
and actually, you know, they can kind of coalesce around things that they believe in and, and want to be uh, active about. Uh, what I would always encourage students to do is be a member of something. Uh, obviously, it'd be lovely if that was Unite, because obviously that's who employs me and that's who I am a member of. Uh, but there are lots of other trade unions out, well, not lots, but there are other trade unions out there, you know, GMB. Other trade unions are available. <laughs> yes, Unison, RCN, RCM, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and kind of find the one that feels the closest political home for you. Uh, and you, but, but it's not enough just to be a member. You know, you've got to then take the next steps about reading the information that's sent, uh, responding to the information that's sent, you know, responding when they have elections. Uh, you know, I think the RCN at the moment, for example, is having uh, an election around its president, Unite, well, at the moment is having its election around general secretary. You know, mm -hmm. be involved in that. Ask people who want positions of power what they believe in and find out whether that aligns to what you believe in. You know, know who your MP is, contact your MP, even if they're of a different political persuasion to yourself. Yeah. Say hello, ask them what they believe on things that you, you are passionate about. Tell them what you believe on things that you're passionate about. And, you know, I'm, I'm in a situation where I've met my MP on a number of occasions and I now know that I can send him a message and it's he'll raise something in Parliament if it's something... That, you know I want him to raise an issue on mm. uh, again make those relationships with those people so they will act on your behalf and they'll see you as a reasonable being well, that's uh, understanding the system a little bit isn't it yeah so absolutely. understand how the system works understand how decisions are made and if they're not the decisions you like make sure you get in there and influence them you don't have to lead the charge yourself if you understand how the levers move but don't be powerless don't don't believe that you have nothing to say or nothing to offer because it's not true not. But I suppose, I suppose the other thing, though, is to is don't feel worthless if you mm. feel powerless and mm. don't feel worthless if you can't do these things at this moment in time. Yeah. Because, you know, what, what I know is some weeks I just feel so like I can't do this stuff and that I need a week where I don't do that. And, and again, you know, in, in my own privilege, I, I've got mm. I've got the opportunity to take those weeks where I don't have to worry about those things. Some mm. people, you know, in terms of the weathering that people face by constant kind of negative, you know, mm. attacks on on them, mm. uh, and, and not in that position. Uh, but you know, kind of work out how you can slowly do a little bit, more, you know, little bits more, get a little bit more engaged in things, uh, mm. and have those conversations. But again, the other thing I would encourage is to people if you can find some enjoyment out of it too because if you know thinking about the reps that i've met in trade union terms uh you know at the point where they say i'm only doing it because no one else will do it it's really difficult to sustain that it's really you know hard to kind of keep that as a going concern find some enjoyment find some joy find some uh excitement from it and even if it's just in meeting with people and i know that's been one of the difficult things in terms of the last year with you know the the, the lack of opportunity to come together in groups and again you know as trade unions we, we thrive on that you know ability to come together and i think nikki all the times that we've gone away as, as a group of, for mhna you know and had you know not only really productive professional discussions and productive kind of trade union discussions we've mm. also just enjoyed being in each other's you know company and, mm -hmm. and and that kind of thing too that that is really really important too and then i suppose the other thing is about 
you know, people seeing that they've got opportunities to inhabit those roles as well. You know, MPs are nothing special. They are, you know, fellow humans that have taken the opportunities to, you know, get those roles and, and be able to speak on our behalf. You know, we need more nurses to look to get into politics, whether it's local council or MPs. We need more, you know, people from minoritised groups to do that. Uh, and kind of, you know, how much, you know, and again, trade unions can support that activity. You know, Unite's got political schools, political networks to support people that want to be, uh, you know, future uh, representatives. So if there's anyone that's listening today that mm. wants to get involved in that respect, then certainly get in touch and I'll hopefully be able to put you, you know, in touch with the right person. Mm, it was taking us up to our 40 minutes really nicely. So thank you for that. And I guess absolutely. And if um, the things I would say are find out what you care about, whatever it is, that's that's fine. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, but if there's something you particularly have a passion for, then inform yourself on it. Understand who has the power, who has the power to make decisions and to go and speak to them. Don't ever be embarrassed or worried about that. Um, you can absolutely you can do go on marches and things that look like activism, but voting for something or not on whatever level being involved in your community on anything from parish councils to school committees to trustee boards that's all shaping your community in the world around you in ways that you think are positive and healthy and healing for people um even facilitating other people to do that stuff is really important and i think dave was massively um bang on the money when he's talking about importance of, of rest for people who are trying to change things and pacing yourself and finding other people who can support you. Um, and they don't always look like you. They don't always sound like you. And sometimes help comes from very unexpected quarters. And I think one of the lovely things about being nurses is we know that the first thing we're supposed to do is put other people first. So that does give you, no matter how different everybody is, where everyone is from, you do have a similar basis for making your kind of choices. And that does help, I think, in terms of, of, of moving forward. And it's slow and steady. Don't, don't burn out. Um, so thank you very much to the people who have joined in today. We've tweeted out a lot of resources under the um, MHTV um, hashtag, so I've been looking up and down. Um, very pleased to um, hear from you. And if you can think of anybody who's inspired you, really nice to if you could just stick it on the hashtag or on the on the Facebook live page, because um, I think we should try and celebrate each other a little bit. It's quite easy to think about things that don't go so well instead of stopping and thinking about the people who go out of their way to make things better. Um, me, people like Peggy Chin in the States who constantly talk about uh, this kind of non-partisan communication and bringing nurses into communities. That's really important. I think about people like Robin Coogan, who's a, who's a children's nurse. Big up for people who are mental health nurses, who does who talks about um, no more empty desks. So her campaign as a, as a children's nurse, she was a school's nurse, was actually looking at gun control because, you know, on one level, there's no point checking kids' heads for nits if they are being killed in front of you. And the fact that she just got got out there and did it, knowing that people would be angry with her, but thinking, my job is to keep children safe, and they're not safe. They're not safe in school, and that's that's part of my job. So really taking on that kind of fight, um, the kind of radical nurse collectives that we see, and and people just coming together around single issues like stop sim or um, paying conditions and respect and things like that. That stuff's really important. Um, and also people who kind of guard the history of nursing are really value as well. Because sometimes when you look back, you realize not only are you not on your own, you're surrounded by other nurses who care about stuff, but actually our family of nursing is not just global, but it stretches backwards through time as well. 
you know, there's tons of nurses who've taken incredibly principled stands on everything. Um, and they are, and we don't always think about them. We, we always go out with, you know, Flo Nye <laughs> or Mary Seacole. We don't necessarily think about people who've done amazing work, um, sort of holding communities together and putting sort of public health first. So that's what I would say. And the next thing, of course, is the future. So students coming forward, you know, be, maybe be a student voice leader or at least shadow nurses who are in those kind of like speaking roles so that you're not scared to speak yourself when it's your turn. You know how to do it. Um, do you have a last word from you, Dave, and we'll close out? I suppose what I kind of thought I'd finish on was a reflection on last week and the International Nurses Day last oh, week great. and yeah. the kind of the title of it, uh, Nurses, a Voice to Lead, a Vision for Future Healthcare. And, you know, we are a voice to lead. We need to use that voice. And hopefully you can get some of that through either political party or through trade unions. And hopefully, if you're not a member of one already, please do join. Please get active. Please stay in touch and, you know, enjoy it. Yeah. Good night, all. And thank you very much for joining us. It's been lovely to see you tonight. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.